You are now tuned into the Fusebox Radio Broadcast with DJ Fusion and John Judah. Syndicated worldwide to bring real, real black radio back to the masses. All right, everybody, one, two, one, two, what's going on? You're now in tune to another brand new session of the syndicated worldwide Fusebox Radio broadcast, bringing you a slice of what we call 21st century black radio to the masses, which is a mix of old and new school music, representing the black diaspora, including hip-hop, soul, funk, jazz, reggae, rock, and more, as well as news, commentary, and sometimes here and there a bit of interviews. After doing a bit of traveling this summer, we're back in the studio ready to bring y'all some goodness on all types of fronts. We've been really, really busy, but um, we'll be getting into that in a minute. For those who are new to the Fusebox Radio broadcast, thanks for listening in to us. We really, really appreciate it. You can always check us out via our official website, FuseboxRadioOnline.com, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. But before we get into all that wonderful promo spiel biz and whatnot, let's go ahead and do the brief introductions. You got myself, DJ Fusion, on the mix and commentary end. And on the side, you got my bro who does the same thing. Let me have him go ahead and introduce himself. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. This back for the whole We All Wide World. One love, peace to all. Of course, every man, woman, and girl. It's all raw. Black Hawk on hill. I'm in raw. Everything's going to be all right. Excuse me. The deal, Fusion. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Glad to be back in the U.S., even though it's a tad bit hot in our corner of the East Coast right now. And, um, yeah, ready to bring in a whole lot of newness to the radio show in regards to music and other cool stuff. So um, let's go right ahead and get into it. We're going to keep the intro relatively short because we got a lot going on for this week's show. And uh, we just got to talk a little bit about uh, what we've been up to lately. First and foremost, for those who are new listeners, at the beginning of the show, we always go through a few parts. We introduce ourselves. We do um, the brief promo spiel in terms of how you can check us out, upcoming events, so forth and so on. Then we get into a bit of commentary on just some news items that popped up during the week that piqued our interest. Whether it's stuff that y'all have said over to us or things we found out on our own. And then both myself and Asar Ra get into the music mixdowns and other things with sometimes interviews there, here and there in between. And of course, um, various um, segments, usually by our folks over either at the Black Agenda Report, shout out to Glenn Ford and them, or the Black University Radio Network, shout out to Lamar Blackman and that crew. So let's go right ahead and get into some things. As I said previously, you can check out us, <coughs> excuse me, you can check us out via our official website at FuseboxRadioOnline.com. Again, F-U-S-E-B-O-X-R-A-D-I-O-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. If you're on the social network end, the vast majority of ours end with slash FuseboxRadio. So, for example, Twitter.com slash FuseboxRadio, Vimeo.com slash FuseboxRadio, Instagram.com slash FuseboxRadio, so forth and so on. Now, with Facebook, Facebook.com slash FuseboxRadio goes to my official personal page, which people can join. It's fine and dandy. You'll get a little bit more news content and everything there. And uh, we've been getting some pretty good numbers since we've been traveling out of the country through our official Facebook like page. We want to definitely keep that trend on the upward swing. So you can go to Facebook.com slash Show, one word. 
and click that thumbs up button to get those on Facebook numbers up and stuff. Our official blog site is blackradioisback.com, which we are aiming for mid-July to have the full official relaunch. Um, I've been having folks peep the um, soft redesign and stuff and getting a lot of good feedback on that. So after we do a few more tweaks, that's going to be up and running for people to check out in a brand new format and style. And in case you happen to miss the Fusebox Radio broadcast by our, our wonderful broadcast partners, all of which you can see listed at blackradioisback.com under Fusebox Radio broadcast affiliates, you can go ahead and just search for us through your favorite music um, podcast service or streaming service of choice such as iTunes, Stitcher FM, Podbay FM, TuneIn Radio, and plenty, plenty more. And if you just forget all of this type of stuff, search for Fusebox Radio Broadcast, and you'll see a ton of stuff on your search engine of choice. Now, I talked about it. We were out for a little bit. Uh, we've been doing a lot of travel with various events and stuff. Most recently, we were in Toronto, Canada for a week of North by Northeast. Um, no doubt, no doubt. Big shouts out to all the peoples up there. Shouts out to all the wonderful staff up there. This is the third year the Fusebox Radio Broadcast has been representing in some way, shape, or form with stuff. And we, this past year, had our second um, annual North by Northeast Showcase, which, you know, hip-hop events, certain things happen. Luckily, nothing of the crazy, violent kind, just some sound issues and things, but... Overall, we have some excellent and wonderful acts who came on and performed. There'll be video up of just about everybody soon. Um, we got to definitely big up all the media folks who came through, including um, our indie media fam over at Where's My 40 Acres for getting a lot of video coverage of our performers. And I just want to give a few thanks to the folks who <coughs> came through and performed as well as our hosts. Uh, big ups to the Motos Project featuring Elder Sensei. Yeah, big big up to Ark the Analog. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Ark the God Given MC. Big up to B Funk. <laughs> Excuse me. Big up to the folks representing the Brown Bag All Stars with Soul Con and Audible Doctor. Big up to our yeah. folks Mecha Godzilla. <clears throat> Excuse me. And even though folks weren't able to make it through, big up to um Jovi, um representing that Detroit <coughs> um, hip hop sound. And what have you. And of course, the wonderful audience who came through. And our host representing the Wake Up Show, um, the Urban Daily, AllHipHop.com, and plenty more. Um, Sky from Skyhook Radio. And um, just all the North by Northeast staff who's um, been down with us. In a way, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, when you look at the history of black music, at times, especially black American music, it tends to be like overseas where you get the most love sometimes. Especially before you get on the quote-unquote popular upswing. And the folks um, from Canada have been really cool and down with us. We look forward to, you know, doing some extra things with them in 2015. And, um, yeah, just appreciate um, all the good folks up around that way and stuff. Also, um, big up to the folks who are hitting us up for more private events and gigs and stuff. We had a few of those during the past week. So we um, definitely appreciate y'all. Big ups to the folks over at the Jay Dilla Foundation, One Versus Many, DCRap.com, and Lipstick Revolt this past week for <coughs> having the Fusebox Radio family represent and also help out with a bit of sponsorship for their youth concert event. 
and there's a lot of uh, great talented youth in the D.C. metro area on the hip-hop and singing and dancing in. And we were very happy to be a part of that. Also, big ups to um, Jay Dilla's uh, mom, who's been doing a lot of work with the Jay Dilla Foundation, who came through. Everybody knows her as Ma Dukes, of course. Um, and thanks to uh, Miss Yancey. Um, this is about the second, third time I've seen her at stuff. Um, very good lady. Very good vibes and stuff with her. And, um, of course, big up to the folks over at Sports Zone Elite in Georgetown, D.C., for um, lending their space for this event. Since the arts are very important. I don't know how it is in um, our other countries where we have our international listeners, but the public school systems of other places aren't putting as much of a priority on the arts as they used to. Either within my lifetime of 30 plus years of life, so it's a lot of these type of private events that help, you know, youth get their creativity out there in a good, safe environment. So definitely, you know, happy to have us be a part of that good stuff. And let me see, upcoming events, um, the Fleet DJ Conference is coming up. I should just be speaking at a panel at that. You can just go to um, FleetDJs.com for more information. It's the 24th to the 27th, if I remember properly. And I should be on one day of DJ panels on the 25th. And people who've seen me at music panels know I'm not going to hold back with what I say. I'm not going to be politically correct. I ain't going to be rude or sadity or nothing. But if you're trying to get into music in a way where you both represent the culture and want to do decent business, um, I'm going to tell you what's up. So should be a decent time over in Atlanta, GA. Again, go to FleetDJ.com for more info on that. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, yeah, that is about it. We're going to have a special bonus show I'm going to upload this weekend, especially with it being um, 4th of July, right around the corner, where I actually curated a whole bunch of um, music from people who are at North by Northeast, including the folks over at our, excuse me, at our showcase. That's going to be about an hour, hour and a half, so you have a little bit of something extra to listen to at the barbecues or sit in your crib and the AC or whatever have you. You know what I'm saying? On top of the wonderful Fusebox Radio broadcast content. Now, let me see here. Um, I saw Raw. I know you did an interview this week. We've been actually archiving a bunch of interviews the past week or so that we're going to start rolling out for the show. Um, do you want to give a little bit of details about this week's interview? No, yes, yes, yes. Um, this week um, we have an interview with a uh, lecture historian, um, a brother who's also into nutrition and into health. And uh, nutrition and health is probably going to be one of the more things that uh, I think people maybe just advocate to first. But um, it's a brother who I had come into contact with through DVD first. Uh, I was in D.C., but he was based in Brooklyn. And um, I was able to go to National Black Harlem, National Black Theater Harlem, 125th Street and 5th Avenue during, you know, you know, during a little vacation during June or whatever before I went to Canada. And so I was able to get up there, you know, see a good uh, lecture, um, him and his wife, um, so Dr. Phil Valentine and his wife, um, Nalani Valentine, they had a good uh, lecture on health and uh, health and wellness. 
So, um, but I was able to get contact with the brother and able to get an interview. And so we'll be discussing some things to deal with health, history, and spirituality. And um, for people who are into that, I definitely think you should check that out. No doubt. Brother, no doubt. Has, contact, brother has contact information because he, he specializes in health in general, but it, but but I know the brother is, um, has knowledge on female health issues and realities and uh, has been helping people uh, over 30 years. So definitely, hope, hope, it's in, hope it's enjoyed and that is... And to, nothing is said for me that part for insulting or being mean to it is just truth as we know it and, and I accept it. And um, I definitely think it would be joy enjoy. Alright? Alright, alright. And um that's gonna definitely be an on point and interesting and thought provoking interview this week. If um, nothing else, I'm curious to see how our listener feedback and stuff is going to go on that end. Of course, we're going to have the old and new school music mixes going on. And uh, before we actually get set with that, a few news items just to talk about in general, like we usually do, before we go ahead and get into a lot of action for this week's show. Um, One thing I know that was kind of interesting and in a way, while I'm not old, I'm in my 30s, things that make you be like, wow, time really flies. This past week or so has been the anniversary of a few things. For one, the Walkman turned 35 this week. <laughs> now, as I said, I'm, I am very close to the age of, this, of the Walkman. And I remember when I got my first joint, it was actually a bootleg joint before I ended up being like a little Sony joint. That joint was the business to me. A big part of my music life got crafted around having a, a portable cassette player. And I felt it was everything when I saved up my little pennies from odd jobs and allowance to get me a Sony Walkman. Especially one of them joints that back in the day had that little button that you could flip your um, cassette joint. He didn't have to turn that joint over. Like, oh my god. That was it. And then, you know, of course, later on, the CD players came and iPod and so forth. But those people had money. They might have had that mini-disc period during the time frame or two. But the Walkman, I would say, next to the boombox, is inherent with the history of hip-hop. No doubt. Especially during the... What some would look at more as the golden era and the latter golden eras and stuff. I can still remember tapes I busted playing them so much on my Walkman. Including Midnight Marauders uh, by Trap Called Quest, Queen Latifah's Black Rain, plenty, plenty more. And whatnot. I would just say, like, this is amazing, I gotta play it again. And we're talking about the real joints, too. We're not talking about the bootleg joints that, you know, I think every hood corner used to have before people started doing the bootleg um, mixtapes on CD and whatnot. So that just stuck out to me. That was kind of fascinating. Go down. Um, this past week is also the week where it's the 25th anniversary, <coughs> excuse me, of Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. No doubt. Great movie. Great movie. It is in my top five of great Spike Lee movies. No doubt. 
Um, Spike, people can talk about certain things with parts of his latter career in terms of maybe some things content-wise or maybe creativity-wise falling off. I don't think he's at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, don't get me wrong. And Spike, like every other artist, has had some of his highs and lows with creativity. But Do the Right Thing, I think, is one of his movies that holds up well today. Like, some of his movies may seem, for some audience members, to be a bit, um, I guess, dated. But the issues of gentrification, race, class, and how all that can combine, especially in, which is kind of funny thinking about it now, in, in older New York that even where that movie was filmed is different now. Yeah, that's right. Is um, a fascinating story. If you haven't seen that movie by now, I highly recommend it. Um, I mean, for me, movies like this, um, Malcolm X, Bamboozled, Mo Better Blues, and I would go so far as to say for his latter joints, he got game. My personal yeah. opinion, those are worthy um, Spike Lee joints to see. And um, his over at large in film is, I think he has a higher percentage of good stuff than he doesn't. This is a person who likes to view film, much less, you know, black film. I definitely think people should see Spike films. Spike films, especially the early ones, um, especially like Malcolm X and, you know, and do the right thing. There was a cultural aspect with it. It wasn't just um, finger pointing at racist white folks. And I think um, a lot of black movies today don't have that. A movie with black artists in them, black actors and actors. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad for all the black directors and producers that are doing things, and I'm glad for them. Mm-hmm. I, I wish there would be more movies like The Fight and so There's so many stories that, that, are, that, that come from black folks. Uh, whether American black folks, or black people around the world, or ancient black people. You know, there's so many stories that have to be told that it's ridiculous for us to necessarily be bogged down and, you know, um, with what we're seeing. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stories, you know, and I think um, hopefully those stories will get told, particularly for non-reading audiences that might not be able to that information and filmmakers seen on the same. So, you know, pick up to all the filmmakers, actors, and actors, Hollywood, Black America, all right? No doubt, no doubt. And um, on the one quick other note with Spike Lee, a lot of actors and actresses you see doing their thing right now got a big foothold in Spike Lee movies. No doubt. Spike was definitely helping jokes. That's, that's the truth. Before, before Tyler Perry was doing it, helping people. Spike was out there doing it like that. There's definitely some jokers. Um, big and small who definitely owe Spike. Um, who who owe Spike that, you know. Spike from Brooklyn, that's a culture area. That's one of the culture areas. It's a hood area, but it's a culture area. And um, so it's, it's only natural that people like from Brooklyn and Harlem are going to do certain movies that have to deal with culture. That's the vibration of the earth and the people that's there, so... No doubt. And one thing I can say about Spike, even with movies I particularly don't, uh, not crazy about, or just straight up dislike, like I, I completely dislike She Hate Me and Girl Sex. 
don't think much is going to convince me to like those movies. Spike Lee is a dude who never makes a boring movie. Like, one can sit down and talk about his joints, good or bad. You'll get, like, an entertaining conversation with Cat talk about how Spike Lee does his joints. He's moved more to, I think, besides the remake of Old Boy that came out during the past year. He's done more documentaries as of late. I know he just did um, the... He taped a Broadway show that uh, Mike Tyson did with the okay. Undisputed Truth. So, you know, he still had his hand in a whole bunch of um, stuff, even though it might not be on the fictional end. So, you know, just want to give a shout and um, big up to Spike Lee on um, that end, because that was one of those I was like, good lord, I should not feel that old. But I think, me personally, I think I remember seeing that joint when my fam had it on um, VHS back in the day. I didn't see it at the movie. And even as a young head, um, the joint hit me hard. So, you know, definitely um, a little interesting bit of history on that end. What else do we got going on Dimension news-wise that's a little bit on the interesting end? Because, again, we're going to keep it relatively short for this week's commentary due to our interview. Um, For my sports people, shout out to everybody who's into the World Cup right now. And whatnot. Us being in the U.S., the U.S. is kind of late on the soccer in terms of it being like a mass popular culture type of thing. I mean, I'm young enough to remember back in high school, folks would be like, soccer, meh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? And now you got like places having parties for viewing and shutting down and stuff because of the World Cup. Now, it wasn't as crazy here as it was in Canada when we went up. Like, we were in parts of little Italy and Chinatown and stuff where literally all the bars and restaurants were showing the World Cup. It had a bunch of people up in that joint. Like, they ain't had no jobs or nothing. You know what I'm saying? But, um, Team USA has been on a steady climb throughout the past 20 years. And even though as a broadcast time, they ended up getting knocked out after having to go through, you know, an overtime period. Um, they did their thing, so I want to give big ups to, um, Team USA on that end, because we are American, and all of that. And also, big ups to goalkeeper Tim Howard. You know, you had a brother who broke, who literally broke World Cup records for doing the most saves during the World Cup. And whatnot. And he was a dude who had to come through, um, a lot of stuff to get to that high point of soccer including, you know, kind of having a hard time as a kid to even having Tourette's Syndrome. And, um, you know, he came up as a young man and made it happen, so big ups to him. If I'm correct, ain't he from Jersey or from... Uh, didn't he go to school in Jersey? That kid, Tim Howard? Um, I think he did. I'm just gonna looking at the story I had up here right now. I thought I heard that he did, because I knew of coming up, I knew of some black... Some African Americans, Black Americans who were into soccer and who were good, and so when I when I heard that, it kind of reminded me back to the stuff cats that I knew when I was a child. So yes, he was a Jersey. He was a Jersey dude. You're absolutely correct. Nah, no doubt, no doubt. So I'm not definitely, <laughs> definitely. You know, now, big up to him. Big up to him for doing what he's doing, and um. Big up for him for representing the tradition of uh, uh, black Jersey soccer, black black American Jersey soccer players uh, who were doing it big back when I was a kid and continuing that tradition. All right. So 
doubt, no doubt. And the funny thing is about him being on Team USA, back when he was 18, and he had uh, went pro with actually the New York team up there, the Metro Stars, big up to them. Uh, one of the biggest leagues in England was looking at him and um, tried him up for a period of time, and he ended up going back to the U.S. Manchester United. I know people who know soccer know about Manchester United. Okay. And English cats, because he had Tourette's, were kind of clowning him. So they got to feel so, so they got to feel a mess about that. I mean, I'm sure there was a, there were multiple elements besides his um you know, health situation. I mean, soccer unfortunately, even though it had a big foothold in Europe and whatnot, a lot of these teams will recruit players of color but not be beat for them or respect them. So, he, he well, kinda, and I'm pretty sure people are a little jealous that an African American not an African or Caribbean, but African American was gonna come up there and shine on him. And they been I'm pretty sure that was the root setback. Because if he wouldn't have got there being no shot, then not being able to, to perform do his thing. So big up to him for doing his thing and representing um representing the American athletes. No doubt, no doubt. And on uh, one more is soccer for a lot of heads is usually, you know, they age out usually a little quicker than some other sports. My man got to the World Cup at 35. Oh, and no. broke records and killed it. So I think that's one of those things where people try to tell you that after a certain age, you just should give up on your dream and not work on it. You know, F him. You know what I'm saying? So big up to him. Definitely, definitely, definitely. That goes for everybody. But particularly for brothers, you know. And uh, definitely keep it up. And he has a good vibe about it. No doubt. And, uh, or innocent spirit type too, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, and, and people like that, you know, if they can get people to love them on that level, that's cool. Because a lot of times people who are like innocent type people, they're not necessarily, they have to worry about being taken advantage of or not being liked because of the views that they hold. But now, nah, big up to him. No doubt, no doubt. And for all the teams that are working and advancing, um, hope the best. Um, a lot of these games, unfortunately, are coming out when I'm running around during the day. I only got to see a decent amount during the early stages. But I'm curious to see who gets to those finals 16, 8, 4, and 2 and see how it goes down. There's that big part of me that wants it to be a country that is not European. I kind of want to have one of these former colonies or one of these Caribbean islands or Africa win. Just because no, no. it'd be an I'd upset. Be, so, sorry, sorry not sorry. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather see them win than anybody else. Big up to them. No doubt, no doubt. Um, next up on the news end, um, I'm sure people in college back in the day probably had at least went to an event where somebody had Everclear. Now, for people who aren't familiar with Everclear, or aka to me mistake juice because you'll make a whole bunch of mistakes after drinking that crap it's essentially um what some would call grain alcohol which is like damn near 95 percent pure alcohol now back during my college days at Rutgers, people wouldn't ever have that joint straight they would usually mix it with a whole bunch of sweet stuff or whatever whatever and everclear is some potent stuff you know what i'm saying and when people usually drink potent stuff and your mind ain't right, because let's be real, most of us when we're teenagers, our minds ain't 100% right. Um, you can get into problems, and some of those problems can unfortunately be very detrimental in regard to DUIs, 
Um, people having to get their stomach pumped, falling out, etc., etc. Besides the regular crap that can happen when you drink that might not be awesome for your relationships. Now, the state of Maryland has officially banned grain alcohol, which includes Everclear. And that's going to start July 1st. So in other words, if you're trying to get that, tough luck, it ain't going to happen. Personally, I don't think this is a bad thing. And if you're daffy for that type of alcohol, you can cross the border into Virginia or Delaware or PA. But if you're daffy for alcohol, I think that shows a little bit more of a problem than what already is there. And this type of situation came about because there was a group of university predators who were like, we keep noticing that this is a big factor in terms of a lot of things where we gotta get police arrest or when people get injured and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I never even thought that people would try to go there. So I thought that was an interesting story to bring up. And um, see how it goes. Like, from my memories of what that stuff, you know, did and, and caught wreck with people, I don't think it's the worst thing on earth. And if you are really that beat to get drunk on something, you can do better than never, Claire. Like, trust and believe. Like, I think everybody go through maybe their their cheap to semi-cheap period of drinking. And if you still decide to drink, pay the extra dollars. Don't get crap from a plastic bottle, B. You know? Don't get stuff where your stick of gum costs more, your, your pack of gum costs more than the liquor. You know, I mean, I know I had ran by someplace about a week or two ago, and I'm like, they still got Cisco, yo. Cisco, Night Train, of course, 40s have been around forever in a day. All that type of stuff. And when you look at something, you're just there like, yo, you get 20, um, 20 to 60-something ounces for $2? Do you really want to drink that? You know what I'm saying? That smells like straight crap. Do you really want to drink that and think that's going to do your body any good? I'm just saying. Anyway, um, let's see. What else do we got going on here? We're being a little random with stories this week. Um, the taxman always comes for the entertainers. Taxman don't care if you rich or poor, if you had a hit or not. And lately, um, head from 1990s hip-hop group Third Base... Prime Minister Pete Nice got caught out there by Albany County in New York City for not paying taxes for three years. So, um, he got found guilty. He's gonna be sitting soon. And, wow, even though this story made me feel dumb old. For those who aren't familiar with Third Base, they were, um, had their music released through Def Jam between 1989 to 1991. Um, Pop Goes the Weasel was a big single they had. Gasface, which actually introduced um, Zeblum X, a.k.a. MF Doom, a.k.a. Doom. And also produced by uh, the, the mighty Prince Paul of Sonic and Deja Soul. No doubt, no doubt. They had some ill Pete Rock remixes and a whole bunch of other stuff. And um, until this situation, um, Pete Nice, um, real name Peter Nash, was doing pretty decent. He had become a baseball historian, opened up a memorabilia shop in Cooperstown, and even published a book on baseball. But, you know, hope for the best, you know, hope for the short sentence he's able to pay off his um, stuff and move on. It's just one of those situations you always see with entertainers a lot lately, whether they messed up on their own end or they maybe had an account or somebody they couldn't trust at the tax thing. 
And taxes is one thing, whether you're a rich white man or, you know, you're the average Joe. IRS gives not a solitary damn about folks. Remember, folks like Al Capone, who were like killers and murderers, only went to jail for tax evasion. Back in the day. They were like, you can kill and murder all you want to. We ain't get our cut. What is his own interesting scenario, but, you know, something to think about there. Um, let's see here. Speaking of hip-hop, I think we're just going to do maybe about two more stories and keep it moving. Um, interesting scenarios come up via folks in New York City. Um, there is a petition that has been given to the FCC to go ahead and um, try to shut down Hot 97. And this has come from actually one of um, our fellow India media people's Manny Faces of Birthplace Magazine, the NY Hip Hop Report, and plenty more. Because he was looking at stuff and was like, hmm, what could be a way to get the attention of these corporations to challenge them in terms of what their content is and representing as Hot 97 Tagline has said for forever and a day, being where hip hop lives. And it has been um, this particular petition, which has gotten up to the point where MS Communications has lawyers and stuff responding, and it's getting a pretty big amount of noise. And for me, I personally, because this has gotten like a lot of internet controversy towards it. Um, for me, I'm not mad at it because you know, hey, we all had a legal right to use things that are at our disposal to do protests, and that includes what the man might put out there as paperwork. And I'm pretty sure that MS Communication didn't expect somebody to do a straight-up legal document by a whole ground set of rules to get something up to the point that where the FCC and, and they had to pay some attention to it. I think my viewpoint of this is, like, like what's going to happen after this? Like, a hot 97 and power 105 <clears throat> power um 105.1 for those who um are outside the states or are not familiar are very big um stations in New York City in regards to hip hop music particularly with the corporate based joints and um from their previous histories and what one had to look at with Hot 97 and Power 105.1 is I think there had to be an acknowledgement that these are corporate-owned entities. And these corporate-owned entities essentially own the vast majority of the personalities they put on air. Meaning these personalities are only going to put on what they're told. Very rarely do you have some people like, let's say with Hot 97, uh, DJ K. Slay. He plays whatever the hell he wants. Not every, but not everybody had that leeway, though. And some people will use their power positions to do crooked things behind the scenes and hide under the corporate guise. What I think needs to be addressed is more so of the system as a whole rather than put the onus on one station to make change. And whatnot. Again, I think this is a good step because protest happens on multiple levels from the streets on up. But it's like, let's say Hot 97 changes, what happens next? Because the system itself with the music industry, particularly in hip-hop, is what's corrupt. No doubt. And crooked and poisoned 
and sick right now. Because even if Hot 97 one day, just to maybe get people to shut up, it's like, well, we'll, we'll play a few more um, New York-based people. It's like, are they good? Are they talented? Did those people just, you know, give you money under the counter? You know what I'm saying? Because there's not going to be any type of corporate-owned station that's going to function like a college station or community station or whatever, at least at the moment. I think it's drastically unrealistic because they're looking at dollars and cents. They're not looking at keeping the culture alive. And to a degree, I don't even think it's their job to do that. No, no. Not totally. I think there's responsibility, but one can't do that. And also, on the end of artists and other people who are in the culture, stops. I think the bigger PowerPoint would be to just stop supporting people you don't think support you. No, no. In 2014, you have outlets that have internet radio, podcasts, blogs, websites, plenty more of lots of independent people who, quite frankly, a lot of these corporate um, entities follow now. They follow that leader. You don't have a lot of, like, this free-form media being there like, hey, man, I like this track on, you know, so-and-so's album, Five. I'm going to play that this week. They're trying to look at, well, dang, who's everybody else talking about before we do it? It's it's sick, but it's how it is. Maybe you should support more of these independent music outlets and, you know kind of be on, you know, Hot 97's jock and get them so gassed they don't even try to make a change. Because they feel they got a power position. You know what I mean? And I think more and more people are getting that in this day and age. And they're actually realizing that more of the quote-unquote real tastemakers are at these outlets than at the, the bigs. But, you know, it's, it's going to take multifaceted change. But um, I'm going to post up the story, and I know I've definitely gotten a lot of stuff on um, my personal Facebook page. I'm going to post it up on our um, radio show's page, too, and see what folks think. I'm just actually pleasantly surprised that it got to the point where, you know, now it's going to be a big back and forth between the FCC and its communication and, you know, the folks who, fa- who um, filed this petition. As far as I'm concerned, the date, I-97 and even a lot of New York radio stations have kind of um, been to knelt to that um, corporate um, control which only allows certain stuff to play which, which will affect the local artists being played. Now, anytime New York is not playing local artists, it's just a dead radio station. That's not saying that the stuff they're playing is dead, but if they're not helping the local people, which is where hip-hop is from, and a lot of most of the classics are from, then they're not doing their job. So as far as I'm concerned, I hope that they go. If they're not going to reach the gap, then should be what it should be for for the New York listeners. And uh, they were starting to, even though it was better in the '90s than it is today, but they were starting to, you know, starting to be a part of that trend back in the '90s. But so, big uh, up the New York radio that's still doing it big, and um, and and and. and Playing a local artist. Alright? Alright, no doubt, no doubt. And it is funny that you brought that up because even when I lived up in Jersey, when I first started going to school around the mid to late 90s, I remember people complaining about Hot 97 then. Like, what is going on with them? And I mean, now it looks like a renaissance to hear like somebody like Mike Geronimo compared to some of these cats who get airplay now. 
But, you know, we there there are a lot of factors to why a Hot 97 is Hot 97 now. And why a lot of these corporate stations at large are that way now. Because I, I definitely can't say it's better here in the D.C. Metro. Not I by a long shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And even when we were up in um, Canada with the mainstream stations, because Clear Channel and these other big corporations are up there too. With TV and airwaves and stuff, you know. Everything isn't really sweet. I just think the thing is, you gotta get... Everybody needs to have a balance. And... It's something that's sorely missing. You can have your fun party music. You can have your music from the streets. You can have your music from the burbs. You can have your deep joints, your not-so-deep joints, and everything in between. But for some reason, balance scares people. Like, balance in terms of viewpoints and other stuff scares people when hip-hop, at its best, even in the eras that majority of folks say are the golden era and stuff, had a balance of artists. Who talked about different stuff and represented in different ways. We hear a lot more artists now due to the internet and other types of stuff, but they're definitely not getting the coverage through these other outlets that they used to. And honestly, I think if, you know, you gotta work on these other outlets, but you gotta, like, you know, create or and or build up outlets that are already doing that type of thing, too, because otherwise we're just gonna, like, keep spinning around in circles and getting oh, no. nowhere, you know? But, yeah, I had to throw that joint out there. Um, let's see here. I'm going to do a music announcement and then another joint that we're going to wrap it up here. Shout out to the folks at Afropunk. They just threw out their lineup for their upcoming um, free two-day concert event over at Commodore Barry Park in Brooklyn. That's going down in August. And some of the acts include D'Angelo, Deanne Havas. Body count. Ice T is bringing back body count. That makes oh, me feel so old. I remember that joint. Uh, Michelle Nadeo Cello. Shabazz Places. Fishbone. Valerie June. Alice Smith. And um, plenty, plenty more. And this is just the first wave of acts. Now, I'm going to try to go to this joint this year. Wow. It's um, usually around the very, very end of August, like right around the Labor Day weekend. And just from that first lineup, I'm like, damn. Like, a lot of these cats, you would pay some money to see by themselves. Like, I would pay good money to see Michelle Nadella by herself. Wow. i pay to see Fish, but I definitely would pay to see DeAndre because I've never seen him live. Pour it up. So, um, yeah, I thought that's, like, a pretty awesome lineup, and, you know, that's been growing and growing each and every year, so... That's, um, pretty much the heat, man. I wonder if, um, if surrounded by a bunch of cops, um, Body Count's gonna do Cop Killer. Especially around New York cops. That would be fascinating. That would be fascinating. And lastly, shouts out to LeVar Burton, man. Like, um... We talked about it a few weeks ago before we ended up getting to our travels and other stuff. LeVar Burton is bringing back Reading Rainbow for the new generation of children and whatnot. Like, as a shorter and more big glasses bookworm back in the day, I used to love me some Reading Rainbow, man. Reading Rainbow on PBS was everything. And due to the fact of, you know, people putting up a whole bunch of old episodes on YouTube and other type of stuff, they definitely thought that there was interest. So one of the things he's trying to do 
is, you know, put it more in terms of the internet age, in terms of spreading it out, like via apps and giving um, a lot of access to uh, public schools for free to the content and other stuff. Now, he had an original fundraising goal of a million dollars. That million dollars was raised in one day. Because so many people, hell, including myself, were like, you know what? Heads need reading Rainbow Man. At the end of the Kickstarter that um, was to raise funding for this, he made over $5 million. That individuals gave away to um, bring um, back um, Reading Rainbow, which is a new record for Kickstarter at the um, crowdfunding site. And also, um, Seth MacFarlane, who's been behind the recent um, comeback documentary with Cosmos, and some people know from Family Guy, American Dad, stuff like that, he's also chipping in a good million or two as well towards the Reading Rainbow project. So we got like about over seven to eight, eight million dollars towards this really um this really really great joint right here. And um show and program and absence is gonna be spread free to over ninety five hundred classrooms in the state. So I think that's awesome. So big ups to him, man. Yeah, definitely big up to LeVar Burton. That's um that's also performance art, you know, um royalty and um who's just now doing this. Now he also was a cat in roots. No so, doubt. And LeVar Burton has been doing it big for many, many a moon. But, um, and also the brother don't look his age, so another black don't crack, um, case study story. You know, LeVar Burton is, over, you know, that brother's over 55 years old. You know, so he's safely, I'd have to say, in his 60s. You know, and um, everybody knows somebody in the hood that looks like that who, 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 who's younger than 60. But also, I want to say big up um, to Matt uh, the Black Theater and all of Money Place History, and just all of them in general. Because, you know, I'm living in D.C. now, and I haven't been up to all of them in a while with the mentality and mindset that I have now. So, you know, as a Christian, I saw it one way. And, you know, that's who I am now, I think, another way. And, um, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was a very interesting vibe. This is more than a big up New York, new, by New Yorkers, you know what I'm saying? Harlem, if you, if you black in America, you should make, you should make it to Harlem. This, 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 the cultural vibe there, the stuff that you can buy in the streets that you will, that will be more expensive than other places, or you won't see it in certain places. You know what I'm saying? They got the they got the official the official hood shit, drug stuff, they all that stuff. But then there's that other element that's there, and that it's not criminal, and that it's for essentially uh, individuals try to you know be better off, be better in their lives, and information and just good vibrating people. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, I remember buying stuff in D.C. that I bought up there for like you know half or three quarters of the price, you know, uh, information, you know what I'm saying, is just more readily available, and, um, I, 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 it's hard, now that I've, I'm a different person, because, you know, individuals aren't changing, you know, if you still got the mentality, you're 17, and you're over 20, then you're doing something wrong, you know what I'm saying, especially right child, obnoxious stuff, that, you know, some people hold on till they get old, 
But you know what I'm saying? I just can't imagine that type of stuff being gone and not there. And you know, because there would be times when I was ignoring it because I was too much looking in one direction. And then when I changed, it was still there. And that was definitely a blessing. Big up to Harlem and the, um, though it's changed, but it's, 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 it's still a, a continuity of individuals who want to be able to not necessarily just make money but be able to spread knowledge to the people and to be able to help them and um, um, you know that's what really Harlem is about and you know places like Brooklyn it's not necessarily just the, the hot boys and the street cats you know what I'm saying they, they're up there and they're related to the cats that I'm talking about and in the same household so I'm, you know they're a part of that too but at the same time, you know, big up to Harlem, though. You know what I'm saying? And um, um, I went there before I went to Canada. And um, it had been a minute since I had been up there. And um, it was kind of a reminder. If you're black from America, definitely make this trip up there. All right? No doubt, no doubt. And I could co-sign that joint 100%. And on that note, we've done pretty good with putting a decent amount of info together for this week's show so let's get right into the music mix our interview with um mr phil valentine and plenty plenty more and of course the music jams old school new school everything in between independent major and all that as always with our commentary and things you don't gotta love or agree with everything we say or anything we say if we spark some conversation and some thought in you we did our job and we've done the job of plenty of other great people in independent media at large including you know black american media of course of course um, our playlists are always chosen by us and for us and for y'all, of course, of course. Um, there's no payola, no nonsense or anything in between. If you're a music artist, feel free to always submit music to us via our official website. Um, it takes us a bit of time to screen stuff because we got to get things proper and right for the vibe and stuff. But I, as I always say, if your joint's hot, you'll eventually hear it on our show and whatnot. And, um, yep, we're going to get into this 21st Century Black Radio. This is the syndicated worldwide Fusebox radio broadcast. We're about to get into it. DJ Fusion signing out. Peace. All righty, You are now listening to Fusebox Radio. DJ Fusion. Uh-huh. 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 U
This is J. Rue the Damager with DJ Fusion. Yeah. On the Fuse Box. On January 17, 1961, I was beaten, then tortured, then murdered by guns. Who am I? The firing squad, the CIA, the MI6, the Belgians were in on it. Who am I? Mobutu 2 tried to kill the cause by killing me. Silly C, because the flesh dies only to set the soul free. And it landed in this MC. Manifest destiny, but only for the Africans. Who am I? The salt of the earth, the father of man. They gave a cross, then they took the land. Who am I? As long as the Belgians continued to mine, then I guess the DRC is fine. No, it's not. Who am I? Copper and zinc, tin and coal. And don't forget diamonds and gold. Who am I? Who I am was I? dipped in acid, all for greed. And I just wanted them to leave. Who am I? The United Nations turn their backs while the Europeans cleanse the blacks. Who am I? The Soviet Union wanted to assist, but the USA just labeled me a communist. Who am I? Pan-African, pro-people. Prolific against evil. Whether it comes to war, peace, please remember my name. It's Patrice. Whether it comes to war, peace, please remember my name. It's Patrice. Yeah. Who am I? I'm the words you're afraid to speak. The face you're too vain to see. Who am I? 
I am scarlet, call me crimson red The blood of a million slaves in every verse that I pen I'm dark matter in a world of lightweights The future you can't fathom, your inescapable fate I am freedom through a musical note I am you inside of the mirror, the reflection of hope Tell me what you working with I'm ready to assault this track before I murder it Cause I use words to purge my aggression I suggest you avoid becoming a victim of my murmurings I get my big words from my murmuring She taught me how to read and ever since I've had to yearn for them And that side of shy girl can talk, talk and stay clean Excuse my foul mouth, I slip up and say things And rap life that real life can't seem to handle Like how I'm a better rapper than you and all your family And I verbally slap you all around a few rounds Until you king me, the greatest of the space-time continuum See, great writers made me, not Jay-Z, but Langston I'm still trying to digest the dream deferred And every time I put my pen down to paper I imagine saving babies from a bitter life in a heinous world I'm the words you're afraid to speak The face you're too vain to see Who am I? I am scarlet, call me crimson red The blood of a million slaves in every verse that I pen Who am I? I'm dark matter in a world of lightweights The future you can't fathom, your inescapable fate I am freedom through a musical note I am you inside of the mirror, the reflection of hope But they don't wanna hear the pain, just the glory And they don't wanna take the blame, just change it just to the story And they'll take me as a trophy, but not as MVP Cause they don't wanna admit it, but they envy me I tell you why, because these hips and thighs created life in seven days And I can take it all away with just one verse spit in seven ways And the control you think you hold over me? Guess what, it's obsolete I cop to beat and laid heat like burnt edges Play me, you'll pay me, my 16's like vendettas This rap dope, but you told I've been better Just a prelude, the deluge of poetic justice No box braids, a cock aim and blow brains with all my substance I don't need witticisms to make a hitter And I don't need sports references to make my lyrics any clearer F. Jordan, I'm rolling with Zora Cause my eyes been watching God since I first looked in the mirror And dare I say it, that I'm a conscious entertainer My confidence and my craft makes me comfortable with the label But I defy all conventions My unorthodox behavior makes me garner your attention like a peep show The exposure keeps you riveted in place You're conflicted, I'm the illest But you can't let them know you think so Acceptance is the last stage of grief, so I Keep the peace. I let you have your moment before I make you take a knee and savor each and every piece that I secrete for me. Contrary to pop opinion, we ain't created equally. See that, my friend, will require me to be human. I'm an alien, an outcast, a pillar in the land of ruin. ruin. I'm an alien, an outcast, a pillar in the land of ruin. ruin. I'm an alien, an outcast, a pillar in the land of ruin. I'm the words you're afraid to speak, the face you're too vain to see. Who am I? I am scarlet, call me crimson red The blood of a million slaves in every verse that I pen I'm dark matter in a world of lightweights The future you can't fathom, your inescapable fate I am freedom through a musical note I am you inside of the mirror, the reflection of hope
Center. Forget writing it if it ain't something they can't remember I snap back, relax on tracks They got holes in they flows like panel caps How real is that? The streets ain't no place to be As time goes on, they watch you progress and plot patiently They got some nerve, it's better to get out before the word On the road to fame, kick a traffic cone to the curb uh, Get on the stage and we be cockier than Dylon I'm trying to be important like pylons Navigation better be easy or it might get hard Make the wrong turn, end up on Foothill Boulevard, R.I.P. to the king Oh no to popos, the good ones is rare Like El Pollo Locos in the Big Apple I kick more facts than Snapple Caps Rock beat, you couldn't see the feet with them gravel wraps Back to the topic, East Coast knocking Plug in the microphone, I kick and knock them out the sockets My OG tendencies got me overseas Now I oversee the negativity, all I sight is cheese Never stop it, killing records until the job is done Rappers think they fly, guess I marry a 51 rude boy Mental with the proper talk, stroke got flavor. You can ask New York, you're outdated. Spit greatness, go play it. Please, we focus on cheese, not what radio saying. Slip up and say my name, I'ma let that slide. Response from me, it's like backsides, very rare. Tell me where can I find somebody on my lyrical level? Do it big on the spiritual level. The bigger the bezel, the bigger the gimmick. We in it to win it, it won't stop till our dinner is finished. And we all fall, it's awful. Hands up one time. Down to catch wreck with the stupid fresh rhymes Everybody and they moms trying to get in effect But to the brothers on the grind, respect, respect Yo, hands up one time if you're down to catch wreck With the stupid fresh rhymes Everybody and they moms trying to get in effect But to the brothers on the grind, respect, respect Systematically inclined to pen lines without saying the producer's name all over the track. Yeah, I said it. What you need to do is get back to the reading credit. We the medics alphabetically stuck on that ignorant shit. Now, but now, before we pour that's your shop, your rock, cocaine flow. From the top of the key for three villain. Been on in the game as long as he can will you swing. Turn the corner spinning, bust that ass and get up. Dust off the mask, whoever we'll laughs, give him a head up. He got jumped. Pumped his adrenaline He said it made him tougher than a bump of raw medicine To write all night long The hourglass is still slow Flow from hellborn to free power like Lil Cole And still old bills 
pay dues forever Slave use when it comes to who's more cleverer Used to wore a leather goose V with the fur collar And charge the fee for loose leaf Words for dollar, you heard holler Broad or dude, we need food Eat your teams for sure, the streets your seem rude For fam like the partridges Pardon him for the mix-up Battle for your Tory cartridges Or put your kicks up, it's a sick Elements of airborne, I smell the success Yo, let's cookie cut the dish and get the gingerbread man Sacrifice mics and push drugs to these rappers Up ponies till I turn blue in the lips Sipping broads like 7-Up So refreshing I think about these verses like first dates The birth date, September 2-1-6-8-2-0-2-1-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-2-
Judge you with getting the bitch. 
rigs But I'm spitting so I get to explain I don't need no ropes, I need no J Fusion. Relax. Keep your eyes fixed on Shine the shadows, motherfucker. Oh, you got next. Now nah, let me pass it off. Quick you up next. Now nah, let me pass it off. Yo, who up next? Jersey never wraps off. Job Robinson, duplicate, set it off. Hard jerseys ready, don't forget it. Also got the BX and Far Rock in my spirit, don't get it twisted. Try state Ryan Grace kicking the ballistics. Tundra like Blizzard, microphone wizard. What is it? Collabo, power pack with mad flows. Out of this world, yo, we go Astro. Revolutionary like Castro by the capsule. Red a blue pill, bred it too ill. It's real, we drop skill, measure the bar. Hip hop on the radio, sound is subpar. Hip hop on TV, looking real weak, be. Sucker MCs dumped down like BDP. I'm from Ever where MCs reign terror wow. on your brain if you couldn't bring the fans pleasure. Man, it's a another rhyme blitz. What don't try to figure the styles, God? We switch it up. L, you got next. Nah, let me pass it off. Yeah, you up next. Nah, let me pass it off. Yo, who up next? Jersey never wraps off. I queue up next, so let me set it off. Eternal quest, but I'm a 
water through this music, duping the board, it's just insane, it's two students, tap the class, but your boy flow so stupid, we walk in, MCs get elusive, every track is elusive, into a flex bomb, on my toes like a next time, but my green so down wrong, sorry I cut the grass, but exposed to pythons, you can't tell me shit when I'm rocking with icons, so everybody in the game now second nature, they was stern, I don't really f*** with your players, catch me on the mic, MP, you're the faders, you ain't the jerk, then I owe you no favors, Amber Rose dog, clean up the top, checking out the two, white boy beating up the box, spiritual but residuals make me say, it's gonna take one of the dollars to make me change, what you up next, nah, let me pass it off, Jay, you up next, nah, let me pass it off, yo, who up next, Jersey never wraps off, yo, I'm up next, L, tell it when off. it comes to all out bravado, we start on and engage, marvel out engage, be hard-headed displayed, style built in ways and trained to obtain, flow and propane, so vain, coming up the post game, all confident team playing, we dominant, fist to save jersey and every follower sponsor it, never buy a product, we concentrated to filter it, make a script coded for writers who try to pilfer it, stick to the gun, stick to the program, stick to the grammar spitting old grams, tried and true and climbing every obstacle, wiping out cause they chances are impossible, constable of rock, chaining down felons, lie telling it wrong for music that you're selling, they fall, they quest, they joining up resistance, duplicate signature and since they got assistance, L you got next, nah let me pass it off, what you up next, nah let me pass it off, say you up next, nah let me pass it off, duplicates on the beat, set it off. Listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fuse. When you wake up in the morning and you have your first cup of coffee, always remember to be aware. Do you know where your shoes are? Where? Do you know? Where's your jacket? Yeah. Plan for the day. You go out the door, fob the motor, you're driving down the streets, be aware, you got the secrets, traffic jam, be aware, you got the style, yeah, at the job, you got the secrets, yeah, you got the style, be aware,
Standing up and walking to the dance floor With a bunch of people who were telling me the jam's raw Listen to the rhythm and it sounds so sweet Yeah, I'm dancing, but I'm really looking back at my seat I'm looking down at my feet and wondering how this happened Next thing you know, I see my hands start clapping Really couldn't tell you if I'm feeling the song But everybody looks happy, so I'm grooving along It's going on too long, so now I'm looking for the strings They must be attached, now I start to feel trapped So I'm staring at the DJ booth Like, is he really the truth? I go to shake his head and then he goes a cloud of smoke, so now we all start to choke On the stench of the invisible hands around our throat Then the curtain closes and we can't see the answers And this is why I try to be a real good dancer I'm grocery shopping, I'm at the grocery store And I'm on the cookie aisle yeah. And uh, beware Well, I'm at the checkout And uh, I don't know anyone there who are those people? Be aware. Yeah. Oh, when I go down to the laundromat, washing my clothes, I put them in the washing machine. But I forgot to put the soap. Be aware. You got the secrets. You need some suds in there. Uh huh. Yeah. Detergent. Detergent. Rinse them out like detergent. Be aware. Also, oh, disturbance on my block. And uh, could you please call the police? Check it out, this is OC. Check it out, DJ Fusion on the Fuse Box.
different night. Always knew that I stay this high. When my dreams come true too many times, I give you view life like no lifeline. If we not in sync, baby, that's no lie. Bye bye bye. I don't need no negative energy by my side. Bye bye bye. Mama always said I was in the land of the lie. Like cloud, not thinking my mind like a skylight. Lines like passenger carry on, steward this pie life. Destination good life. Pimpin' what it look like. Huh? You never getting on and make a phone till they going home. Waking up with pink eye. No, I'm saying that you hitting like a bomb, so the side effects probably send me sweet fuck. I'm just a Texas kid, trying to do it Texas big internationally. Inspired with Sicilian preference. Can I live? Give me freedom, give me space for the acres in the jackass crib. Then again, give me money in the clothes, all the cars, all the extra shit. Cause it was told to me that they ain't so much old to me. Give me mine is how it's supposed to be. Never been a company close to me. Roller coaster shit told to me. Paying dues and gratuity. Would it show this life that it had never showed to me? Cause I want that. Incredibly, most 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 incredib
crazy right now. Trey Mark, know what I'm talking about? Yeah, know what I'm talking about? Uncle Joy, what talking about? Hey man, do fries come with this shape? Hey man, hey man, do green guys come with them thighs? Plugging on her side. 
all off in your crib. Feed up on your shit instead of breaking off. Uh, you out here loving the When I can't hit Pippin' P and Steel Toe. Bring your bro the type of type of run of chicks that she can feel for. Leo for all off in your bill for to make her happy. She shake you off, I break her out, cause you bring it back to daddy. Don't be mad at me, cause your shit been chose. I was like your own stroll. She got down like she spoke. I put her on some bowl. As a flavor's on her mind. Come with that shape and green on the side. Don't get cash money, vapors. Don't chase the kid, chase the paper. Your thighs come with that shape. In your mind, I got cake. Boss, get cash money, vapors. Don't chase the kid, chase the paper. Your thighs come with that shape. In your mind, I got cake. DJ Fusion. Never understand. People ask for God till the day comes. See God face. Turn around and run. God sees the face of a man shaking his head. Say he never understand. People ask for God till the day comes. See God face. Turn around and run. God sees the face of a man shakes his head. Then says, man, I'll never understand. Digger, dig a hole that fit a black My body stiff as a mat, I'm too soft, wax figure My transformation, a caterpillar from crack Dealer and backpeller was no less than spectacular Yeah, I was trapping money, flipping like a spatula And I put that sucker in a box like Dracula I let the devil in and dance An electric slide across the line I drew up in the sand, dead ended Loveless like a Harlequin's romance Lost between sips of liquor that be bottled in my hands It was a shot away, but I never got away Dreamed a little dream of me, but that was an anomaly Yo, people ask for God Till the day comes, see God face Turn around and run, God sees the face Of a man shaking his head, say he never understand People ask for God, till the day comes See God face, turn around and run God sees the face of a man Shakes his head, then says, man, I'll never understand Holy sugar, honey, icy I guess that's a prayer for a player like me In my church clothes, baking buzz on the Bible The sweet temptation of my granddaddy rifle Got me thinking about doing a jihad with these guys Who only choose religion look better than Levi's Who baptize blocks with beers and bloodstains You preach it to the choir that prays the drug game, hallelujah Then the cops caught me in the back of a cruiser Or the fire truck washed my soul down the sewer I count my blessings and blow it on and none to resurrect my erection. I pray, I pray all doors go to heaven or to a new hell with a Wi-Fi connection so I can pay for my sins on PayPal or on a Holy Ghost or Greyhound. People ask for God till the day comes. See God face, turn around and run. God sees the face of a man shaking his head, say he never understand. People ask for God till the day comes. See God face. Turn around and run, God sees the face of a man, shakes his head, then says, man, I'll never understand. Now listening to Fusebox Radio with DJ Fusion.
Ladies and gentlemen, Fusebox Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the chocolate room. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of Fusebox Radio. Today, this evening, whenever we have a uh, master teacher that I would uh, have been wanting to bring to you for a while, and um, it's a, a Reverend Dr. Phil Valentine. I'm going to have him explain some things about himself and what he's doing, and um, we're going to get in a little bit of questions. And uh, he definitely has some good information for the people who are thinking about health, history, and uh, the right interpretation of themselves within this world. Uh, Dr. Valentine? Hotep. Hotep, Hotep. Yes, definitely. Peace, brother. It's been a while. Um, I've been definitely trying to uh, meet up with you and get you on the show. Uh, could you tell the people about yourself um, and uh, what you're doing and what you've been doing? Sure. Uh, well, up to this point, uh, about nearly 40 years ago, I began something that today is recognized as the so-called conscious community, along with uh, brothers like uh, Dr. Delbert Blair and, uh, um, and Brother Bobby Emmett, uh, the Shechemir Shechem, Baba Heru, Baba Kafra. Um, a lot of the people who were in the underground communities that were off the grid, so to speak, teaching things that most people weren't really aware of, or thought was some kind of devil worship and uh, satanic influence and all that type of stuff. Everything contrary to what their culture was about. So um, I was one of the people who essentially kind of broke away from that. Our masters at the time who gave us the incentive were people like Dr. Ben, Dr. Cloth, Dr. Ben Sertema, Dr. Chancellor Williams, and those elder masters that we sat at their feet. And um, they were, you know, somewhat recalcitrant to give us the metaphysics. They were more into dealing with the historicity. And so we followed that, and then when we approached them to tell us more about the mystery, because, I mean, the history is one thing, but the mystery is my story, M-Y-S-T-O-R-Y, see what I'm saying? So we figured we wanted to deal with the mystery, and um, we went to Dr. Ben, and Dr. Ben, you know, being a 96-degree mason, uh, he said, no, we're not going to give you but so much information on that. So that kind of made myself, at least, that inspired me to go out and look to what the people of Bay Kemet and ancient Dravidia and those people what were they thinking about? I mean, we know what they did. We built pyramids, you know, temples, universities, you know, civilization. They, they did that. But what was the motivation? You know, who were the people? And, you know, what were they thinking? What kind of mindset did they have? And that made me want to know what was the metaphysics behind the physics. So I established a metaphysical school in Brooklyn. And uh, we had something called the Gathering of the Masters, and it grew 
from there because people began to film it. And then that film began to be you know, passed around and sold. And before we knew it, uh, we had a few people kind of plugging in. And uh, of course, I was not only just a person dealing with metaphysics, I was also uh, a naturopathic doctor, a doctor of naturopathic health centering on the hygienic sciences. And uh, I have a lot of credentials, but it don't mean a damn thing unless you're doing something for the people. That's it. I could dig that, bro. I could definitely dig that. Um, I came into, I believe, your DVDs. I mean, I'm from New York, New Jersey area, but, you know, and it's amazing how, like, religion can kind of, like, pigeonhole you, or you can allow it to pigeonhole you and not to look at other areas. I had heard your name, but I was kind of, like, stuck in, on, the, on the scriptures very heavy. And um, I had some people that loved me very much to tell me to look at the kind of the stuff that you're talking about years ago, but I was kind of tunnel vision. But I, a brother from D.C., where I'm at now, had, had sold me a DVD, and I kind of was looking at things and wanted to analyze myself different. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on the show, because the effect of people like you and some of the people you named, lecturers and authors, um, I think have an effect on certain people and can have an effect on you if you allow them. But um, definitely. Now there was just some questions I wanted to get into, and um, and some of the information I'm already aware of. And but I just, you know, I, um, I think that some of the people could um, hear from your expertise and your knowledge and um, about uh, some of the answers that would come from that. And I'm gonna go ahead and start it like this. Okay. Um, I wanted to know. Do you believe is is women's health made into an industry and why? And then you have to start with the fact that women are communal creatures, and because they're communal creatures, they tend to discuss their business um, more readily and more openly, especially when it has to do with their health. Uh, on top of that, women are body conscious. Uh, the reason why I say that women are body conscious creatures is because their body. From the time uh, in they have uh, what is called menage, which is their first menstrual cycle, their body is put on a monthly pattern that forces them to have to either uh, be a certain way, uh, act a certain way, think a certain way, feel a certain way. So their body is constantly giving them information where they have feedback from it. And so their body dictates not only their temperament, but essentially the environment. Uh, that, that, that motivates them more than anything else. So being body conscious entities, and that's, most people are saying, well, it's not women's or she doesn't have a mind, and I have nothing to do with it. I'm talking about the fact that there is an essential male and an essential female. The essential female is body conscious because her body does not um, let her forget it's there. Men forget about their body. They don't, you know, they're not the ones, essentially, who have to constantly be minding their bodies. For instance, uh, you can deal with the act of sexual intercourse and pregnancy. Sexual intercourse for a man is just the act uh, pretty much within a half hour. If the sister gets pregnant, then that's a whole nine months that her body is taken over. You see what I'm saying? So we have a whole other kind of body consciousness of men that women do. So those who essentially run the medical church know that women have a specific psychology based upon their bodies yes. and that their bodies are the centers of their universe. Yes. So that then 
um, you see women visiting doctors or women taking more prescriptions than men. Um, so, the of course, uh, the society, if you look at any of the commercials, most of the commercials, other than having to do with erectile dysfunction in elder men, uh, most of the commercials that you see pushing or promoting drugs are actually using the faces and the images of women. Because women are the ones who do more selling with their mouths in form of communication from one to the other than men do. Men don't start talking about commercials they see on TV or what they need for the house or what the children need and all that type of stuff. Our conversations are different, so they don't target men as much, except for large items, bigger items, or items having to do with your underarm perspiration or ways to get women, that type of thing. But women is just across the board. She is the centerpiece of all commercialism in Western civilization. So she is more prone to become an active participant slash customer consumer of medical science and its methodologies than anybody else. So yes, they will focus on her more. uh, And of course, as time goes on and women are learning more and more, I'm getting more calls from sisters who are giving up on medical uh, uh, medical approach and coming to try to find their natural uh, their natural selves. What is what is bad food and drinks? I guess, uh, um, or what is the effect of bad food and drink on the body and genetics? The effects themselves are, are fundamental. You, know, you eat enough foods that are not food that the body doesn't recognize, that the body has to fight off constantly, then you begin to weaken your resistance. Uh, The reason for that is um, constipation. Uh, Constipation creates something called innervation. And innervation then uh, creates what we call debilitation. So what we're looking at, when you start eating food like Mickey D's and all these Wendy's and all these big burgers and crap that have no real life substance in them. Uh, Those who are promoting this crap to you are actually promoting it because this is an industry. And of course, this industry is in bed with the medical association, so the FDA is going to put their food and their crap on, on their list of foods that you can eat, which is garbage. So, the body is an instrument that is constantly fighting off environmental pressures uh, as well as stresses, internal stresses coming from the thought processes that you have in your brain. What happens is when you eat certain foods, uh, and I don't call them food, when you eat certain things, uh, one thing that you have to recognize is the fact that the body is a living consciousness and that if you give it dead food, it will react to dead food differently than when you give it live food. When you give the body dead food, it looks upon the thing that you gave it as dead food, it looks upon it as a stimulant and an irritant and something to get rid of quickly. So, if you're giving the body dead food, you get more reaction in the immediacy than you would down the line. It's like taking cocaine. When you take cocaine, there's a rush, but then at the end, that's when the crash happens. Well, food takes a longer period of time to maybe show you those effects. But when you eat foods that are dead, it takes your life in order to digest and eliminate it. 
So you're sacrificing your own life force, and since it's dead food and it's stimulating, you're thinking you're getting a rush from the food because the food is giving it to you rather than the food is taking it from you. So when you get a rush of energy, know that you're being stimulated because the body always is in a position of conservation. It doesn't give up energy because, um, just because, you know, you say, give me energy. No, the body is always conserving energy. The more ability you have to conserve energy, the more healthy you are and the longer you live. It's when you exhaust all your energy and you exhaust the ability for the body to get rid of waste and to process food into energy, that's when you start getting into sickness. So when you start eating so-called bad food, you're robbing the body of the essential energies necessary to keep your heart functioning, your kidneys, your liver, your stomach, everything functioning properly. Once you have robbed the body of those essential energies, then the body says, oh, this food is gonna kill us. I gotta shut this guy down. So he's eating all this food, all of a sudden he starts to sneeze, starts to cough, his nose starts to run because the mucus is building up to get rid of all the stuff he's putting in. So after that, he starts seizing coughing, then a fever comes up. Well, the fever comes up because the hypothalamus is raising the temperature to burn off all the crap he's got running through his veins. So he can turn it into mucus, get it into the lungs, and then him cough it or spit it out. So the body is very intelligent. It knows what it needs. But if we don't put what you need in the body, the body will tell you, listen, this is wrong, and then shut you down. And what happens when you get a fever and you get a cold? The first thing that you lose is what? Your sense of taste and smell. Now you know you need you need to smell before you can taste. So as soon as the body says, so the body says, no, nah, you ain't gonna smell nothing from now on. You don't wanna eat nothing. You see? So that's what the body is telling you. All the ways that the body communicates with you tells you whether you're eating right or you're eating wrong. So it's like um, when when a person eats and they get tired, like what I meant by bad food, because I was going to try to break that down, was I guess um, fried foods, um, all uh, um, all uh, fast foods, um, um, uh, animals. Most animals, I would I would say like blood. I mean, excuse me, um, beef, pork, chicken. Um, you know, I guess anything fried for that matter, including fish. Um, it seems like most stuff that comes out of a box, you know, if you gotta open a box up and, and whatever, it seems like that would be, or just processed food, you know. Um, well, yeah, yeah, but you know, there's some vegetarians that eat worse than meat eaters. Okay. Because you don't understand that you can just as pile on just as much bad vegetarian food as you can by, by putting on bad meat. You see? So. You know, there are people who run after their chickens and dive on them, and that's the best way, if you want to eat chicken, you gotta snatch it and kill it right there. And it has to be free range. But, but you gotta know that you're eating uh, a scavenger. You know, he, he said he crap that's on the front on the ground. So, you know, you're just eating anything that, that they have in cages is bad. And all of it, you're talking about an industry. You're talking about the meat and dairy industry, which essentially has farmed out their wares to farmers who have these poor animals in these in these putrid, horrid conditions, suffering. And that suffering is being transfer, transferred into the blood of these animals. And then when you eat that, it's transferred into the scale, of course, from the blood to the, to the flesh, because the flesh is the blood. 
and the blood is the flesh. And so when you when you eat the flesh, you eat all the fear, all the, the the anxiety, all of the all of the ways of suffering of that animal. You're taking it yourself, and that then then your body is picking that up as a messenger. And most people don't understand that type of process. You see, they don't understand the the, the transference of suffering and pain uh, to you in the form of consuming. And the thing is, all these years of my teaching has been teaching young people as well as most of my students that eating is a form of communication. If you're eating, you are communicating to your cells, to the, to the, to the molecules and to the genetics, and you're communicating what it is that is made up of the materials that you're breaking down. So if you're breaking down genetically engineered materials or you're breaking down materials that have gone through enormous amounts of suffering, and, and, and even the plant kingdom, you have to be very, when you're picking your own plants, and you're picking it from the plants, you give thanks to the plants. Understand that every time you think something, your body gives off a certain energy and a certain type of color glow, and all of nature picks up on that. So there's a certain way that you have to conduct yourself with nature that this European, based upon his civilization and how we've adapted ourselves to it and the behavior that came with his civilization, we restrained ourselves from certain types of rituals that we conducted with nature. So if you're, if you're communicating with yourselves through GMO foods, through foods that have suffered before they came to your plate, I'm not talking about suffered uh, because they were, um, you know, they got caught up in a bog and you, you dragged their body out. I'm talking about living in torturous conditions where their flesh is made from that type of fear. And you gotta remember when, when, when an animal is in fear, it's kicking in all kinds of adrenals, adrenaline into the system and adrenaline is toxic, you see. So these are some of the things that most people don't understand about eating and about what it happens, what, you, what you're going through when you are putting food into your mouth. It's a very sacred ritual. Eating is a sacred time. Um, so, and it's through eating that um, one's genetics can be affected. Of course, the genetics are listening to what your body has to say. When you put food in there, if your genetics that you're putting in, if the genetics that you're putting in is perverted, and you continue to eat that kind of perverted food, then you're teaching your genetics to become part of that perversion. And then your genetics begin to encumber that. And then if it isn't even if it isn't bothering you, then it's going to get your next generation. Yeah. Would you say that uh, tampering with genetics is, is, is what has is, is had an effect on the increase of homosexuality? Well, yes. Most people are not um, saying that it's not PC to talk about homosexuality as a dysfunction, as a um, what I call a. Um, a, a, a uh, oh goodness, it just slipped out of my mind. Hold on a second. Uh, congenital disease. That's the word I was looking for, congenital. And what do I mean by congenital? I mean a disease that essentially in, takes place after conception and during the process of the child being formed in the womb of the mother. Now, this is something that most people are not aware of because they don't understand metaphysics. They don't understand the occult, they don't understand the higher principles of life. There are principles that govern the higher principles as well as the lower principles of life. And understand that the lesser cannot create the greater. 
Only the greater creates the lesser, and any time the lesser is created from the greater, it means that the greater has depreciated in its integrity. And what I mean by that is, the greater being that a heterosexual male and a, heter a heterosexual female coming together cannot create a homosexual child, unless something has interfered with the process in the both genetics. And they say, well, you know, that's a happenstance, and well, if, if, if genetics was just a happenstance, then why is it that they're so busy studying it? Because they know that they can control it. Well, if they can control it in the laboratory, then you can control it in your mind. And you can control it in your behavior. So what I'm saying is that the, 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 the homosexuality itself is a dysfunction in, the, in that. How can I say this so that people understand what I'm saying? Um, homosexuality uh, cannot, uh, it, it cannot happen unless there's a dysfunction in the heterosexual. It's not something that's normal to the homosexual, I mean to the heterosexual, to create a heterosexual child. And why I'm saying that is when a creature or a species begins to create young or infants or babies, unlike itself or themselves. In other words, if a heterosexual begins to start creating homosexuals, that's the end of the species, if you understand what I'm saying. So right, so if a species begins to create children unlike themselves, that's the sign of extinction. So you have to see whether or not there is what I call a manipulated extinction, or a natural form of extinction. People working behind the scenes in the higher echelon of science, the Jason Society and those people, when they're dealing with, when they want to deal with what I call for, um, um, ordered or uh, controlled extinction, they know what to do to create the conditions for extinction. So if you have heterosexual people bringing forth homosexual children and creating a society that then help to nurture that by giving uh, permission and a kind of a slackness to their existence and giving them validity to be that way, then you nurture whatever would be latent in those children to come to the, to the fore. So now you see more homosexuality happening the more homosexuality is given a normal, a normal uh, path in this society, the more we will begin to see a depreciation in the amount of children being born that are ready to deal with heterosexual responsibilities. You see what I'm saying? There are, the whole two homosexuals do not create a future. They have to wait to adopt a child. Like most people say, well, there's enough poor children that's in adoption. Well, that's, that's the dysfunction of the society who's breaking families up. And it has nothing to do with homosexuality. You see what I'm saying? So I'm saying that if you are now working towards undermining the birth population, the birth, the birth rate in a population, you either do it through the food, which is what they're doing, you do it through the water, which is what they're doing, air, which is what they're doing, and you do it through legislation, which is what they're doing. You see? And of course, I'm going to be looked at, well, 
oh, you're intolerant, you're a homophobe. Well, that's stupidity because I'm not afraid of a homosexuality, of, of homosexuals or homosexuality. I simply uh, explain it clinically and speak on it metaphysically and they can't come back to me logically because once I start showing them that homosexuality is a congenital disease, they will never ever want to look at that in that manner because how could you say that when we're promoting politically that it's normal? You see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a very good plan. The people who's orchestrating our demise is doing it very well by promoting homosexuality, normalizing it to our children who don't know any better, and making sure that our children have the capabilities and the, the, um, the predilection as well as their predispositions, genetic predispositions towards that, by damaging the children in the womb. And of course, breaking up families where fathers, heterosexual fathers, heterosexual mothers, will be raising their children in a heterosexual society. That's deep, that's deep. Um, that was kind of going into the next question of like, so um, homosexuality is promoted for the sake of, of basically trying to break down black people's numbers and uh, make them more controllable um, and um, I guess in some ways make them you know tools and puppets for, for you know for other people's wishes and you know less or whatever um, you gotta look at it this way brother homosexuals are not looking for black empowerment they're looking for homosexual empowerment now, if they come over for black empowerment, it's because black homosexuals are trying to get power in the homosexual community. So, um, they talk about, well, no, that's not the case. We have our, um, we had our talented 10th, um, who was um, one of the authors, I forgot his name, um, uh, came out of my mind right now. He was a homosexual, but he wasn't actually pushing it out there as a homosexual, it was his lover who was pushing the homosexual agenda through the civil rights movement, and Martin Luther King wasn't going for that. So that didn't happen until after Martin Luther King was killed, and after Martin X was killed, then when the feminism began snatching the, the wives of those from the civil rights movement and bringing them into their fold, Feminism was being run by lesbians. So that's when the homosexual community began creeping in and trying to build their validation in the black community because the black community wasn't about that. They didn't care about that. They had to break down the black community to make them feel ashamed for not supporting homosexuality. That's what they did. That actually went into what else I wanted to get into is like um, a homosexual ritual um, that certain famous, popular, prominent people, entertainers, politicians, professional athletes, fraternities, sororities get involved in. Um, um, at least I've, I've, I've not read too extensively, but other lectures I've, um, I've um, ran across that made mention of that. Do you believe that's such a thing that, in other words, you have to kind of like go through the, hom the homosexual thing to be almost accepted or be in certain places? Well, there's certain, um, most of the music industry, uh, the movie 
movie industries, uh, even in, in high sports industries, uh, all of the industries that pay out mega bucks um, are, are run by way of um, making you become something other than yourself so they can have something over you. And once they have you filmed, uh, screwed up, old, or some craziness, they hold that over you and know that you're going to behave yourself. Okay. So they always have a lackey waiting in the wings and they'll always give their money to do what they want because they know that they're never going to cross that, that line. So you have people, anytime you see super amounts of money being given to rappers, uh, billions of dollars here and clothing lines, billions of dollars there, know that they have embarrassing um, uh, materials on them that's keeping them in line and that they're not going to take that money and go outside of that, just like over There's nobody, you're not going to take it to uplift anybody in your community to the point where you're going to be a threat to the status quo. I can dig that, I can dig that. I know recently in um, Nigeria there was that thing of Boko Haram and them taking them girls or whatever. Um, whether that was, that was trying to be a hoax. Yeah, and, and it felt funny about that, but the thing that made me think about it was that the aspect of uh, child abductions, child pornography, child molestation, and child ritual sacrifice, or child sacrificial murder, that, uh, you know, that is, you know, in other words, do you believe that there's such a thing as a need for children and uh, by somebody on this planet or by some organization, secret societies, a need for children and, and hence the reason why children are ended up missing? Oh, yeah. Children have been missing, especially black children have missing for decades and nobody's really been talking anything about that only when, you know, uh, Miss Ann's children, uh, you know, Polly Ann and them blonde blue-eyed children began to be despaired. That's the only time you get worried and you know everything goes up into an alert. Uh, but yeah, we our children have been used as crocodile bait. Uh, they've been used as bear bait. They've been used as all kind of bait um, to um, you know and, and sacrifices. Um, what they call the kohans, which are the priests that uh, essentially drink the blood. The altar, the sacrificial altar, is uh, at one level, and when the child is killed blood drips down and through this particular um, sacrificial vessel, a sacred and so-called anointed vessel, and drink the blood of the child from that point. Now, what, what that, whatever that is, it's going on all over the world uh, with these uh, the so-called illuminists uh, who essentially uh, use uh, that blood as a means for their own use of staying alive because um, they've now found that the plasma from the blood of youthful children uh, keeps you alive or give, keeps you uh, regenerating uh, your body. They take the children's, uh, black children's um, bone marrow, uh, they take the black children's blood and they transfuse the blood directly into, of course, they have to find compatible donors and they transfuse those children's blood directly into those who have paid enormous prices for that, not only here, but overseas. So a lot of our children who have been abducted are overseas being used, uh, just like any other of those little vampires who've been taking and stealing our children. Most people don't know that that's a reality. 
But, you know, they look at it and say, well, no, that's not real. These people are looking at too many movies. Well, what do you think movies reflect? What do you think they're getting their, uh, their storylines from? And so that's probably would be a lot of those wars that would go on in Africa, I guess, child soldiers or wars in general influenced by corporations uh, to get tribes to go against one another and therefore have dead bodies and therefore have bodies that they could also get, you know, black chemicals from or chemicals that come from black bodies like melanin. Well, the smorgasbord Rwanda gave them a, a virtual smorgasbord. And so they said, um, you know, hey, we can actually take advantage of this. Uh, in Haiti, they were robbing the children of their organs. And um, there were a lot of, um, there were a lot of, uh, you know, things that were going on uh, in uh, Africa that's still going on right now. And in, uh, in India too, southern India, uh, they're using uh, human beings as cattle and fodder. And uh, this is nothing new. So uh, again, bringing it back around to where we are so we can actually see it. Um, you know, I tell brothers and sisters to protect their children. Uh, don't send them to hospitals. In fact, don't even have your children in hospitals uh, unless you are there with the child and that uh, you are being fed food for your own good and your own self and that uh, somebody is there with you constantly and that you have a nurse midwife, a doula, and that the baby should be there with you and should never leave your sight. No injections, no vaccinations, nothing. Because um, having a baby is not a disease, you know, although they want you to believe that being pregnant is a disease, you see. And again, that goes back around to women, you know, uh, being, uh, believing that um, the doctor is the all-high priest that they have to surrender their common sense and reason to whenever it comes to their bodies. And of course, you know, when they come to us, if they're not too damaged by medical interference, um, then they learn that their body is a miraculous thing that heals itself. And they find that uh, the more uh, precious they think of themselves, the more precious the food they will put into themselves. And they'll find out that their menstrual cycles shrink down from four to five, all the way down to two, maybe one day or two days. And uh, they're shocked at that, which when I tell them that menst menstruation and the cycle of just bleeding, uh, hemorrhaging is is a disease. Uh, it's a pathology. They don't believe me. They think that because it's happened to their mothers and grandmothers, that somehow it's a natural occurrence. They've been told and they made to believe that, but it's not. And so when they find out that the less they bleed, the healthier they are, they say, well, I guess if I'm not bleeding at all, I must be then truly healthy and still can be pregnant. Yes, you can. Um, you can actually initiate uh, your own uh, cycle uh, population when you wanted to like your ancestors did many hundreds of thousands of years ago but of course they say well we weren't here hundred thousand years ago because the bible told you we was only here six thousand years well that's probably have a lot of people our people are so caught up in the european lives that they can't see themselves outside of the box that the european created for them to think in that's right <laughs> uh, that's definitely the truth right there brother um Melanin, um, as uh, I guess manifested within one, one uh, brain, stomach, ear, eye, and skin. Uh, what is melanin for uh, for people who have it, people of color, for particularly black people? Um, it's the foundation of their intelligence. Because 
because melanin is an intelligence. Melanin is the proactive intelligence of the hydrogen molecule. When the hydrogen molecule, which is the only actual um, elemental there is, all of the elements on the periodic table is nothing more than converted hydrogen or um, hydrogen that has expounded upon itself. Hydrogen itself being the one element within the one thing. Um, when hydrogen begins to consolidate itself at different levels, what we call in the level, we call the material world, when hydrogen operates within the material world uh, to create organic beings, it consolidates itself in such a manner um, so that it becomes um, what they call carbon as the base of life. Uh, carbon is the root or the fixture for what melanin uh, operates as. There's a stagnant form of melanin, a static form of melanin, and an active form of melanin. The active form of melanin is what we see creating everything else. Melanin is an intelligence. It's not only a polymer, it's not only a, a, a um, what we call a superconductor, a consciousness superconductor, but it's a, an intelligence. It is the intelligence that essentially processes the, the life of the universe into a consolidated individual unit that we call the human body. And when the first human uh, was, was created at the time when the Creator first went to sleep, and then again, I don't want to get too deep into, you know, metaphysics, but, um, right, there was, yeah, there was never a time when the human, as we know man, as a man, there was never a time that man was not. Man was all, man always was, man always will be, okay? And there is no man, as we know man, as, as, as what we have identified the creature, as, as we now house, called man. Um, we were never a slime that crawled up out of the ocean on four legs, decided to stand up on two and then become a monkey and then become a man. It's nonsense. That is, again, twisted European thinking. You've always been, and you exist in many quadrants of reality. Uh, it's just that this quadrant of reality is a kind of um, vibrational, uh, dimensional space called free space, or third density, third dimension. Free space is a, uh, is a kind of an envelope that we've become consolidated in. And within that envelope, uh, melanin or carbon operates uh, to activate, or that spark of who we are carboning, uh, activates um, a, a design, just like you would want to go into the ocean. If you want to go down, say a mile down the ocean, you can't go with the body you got. Now, you, you gotta put on the proper you know, gear, the proper suit, or the proper ship, the proper vehicle. Well, that's the same thing with you coming into third density in three space. This dimension calls for a specific housing for your consciousness. And this is what you call the human body. And melanin is that entity, that dark matter, dark energy that now becomes the composite of the one here in what we call uh, in the many. The composite of the one in the many is man. And man in its original state is pure black as the melody. What is melanin connection to light and the creator? 
is melanin, uh, 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 would you say a melanin is uh, an aspect of the creator? Yeah, it's a conduit. It's a, it's a way that you set up in the lines of communication, how we can create, how can we, how can we actually communicate personally to the one as, as the many. Um, melanin makes you empathetic to everything else. It keeps you in touch. It keeps you plugged in. If you don't have melanin, like the Neanderthal, you are disconnected and you act disconnected. Your behavior and what you build, the civilizations and societies you build, have a disconnectedness with nature. And it shows itself right now. They have a disconnectedness from each other. You see? So that we've adopted a, a pathological mentality and a pathological perception of reality from the European. And because we've adopted that, we've also adopted his behaviorism, his non-empathetic behaviorism, which essentially estranges us from one another, gets us to hate one another, and he's learned to do that. And the European has to be constantly at war, because if he's at peace, then genetically he'd be wiped out, because he affects him out of existence under peace. So he must constantly be at war because of his own sexual frustrations, because of the fact that he is not really a natural-born, interfaced entity with all life around him. He is constantly at war because he must, his kind and his specific um, orientation uh, to himself and to the planet, his kind exists around conflict because any kind of compatibility will wipe out his kind. And that's something that psychosexually, as well as psychogenetically, he knows. And all of his behavior is psychogenetically motivated, as Dr. Francis Crest Wilson so aptly um, displayed and showed in her work. That's right. When we're thinking right, eating right, melanin allows us to have like a um, uh, um, that tighter or smoother connection. With the with the with the amen with the un, uh, with the uh, with the with the with the great spirit. Well, yeah, you, you hit it on the right head with the um, with the amen part of it. Uh, the the amen talks to you because you are essentially getting through sunlight. You're getting the proactive um, intentions of the dark matter creator. What you cannot see is where all things originate. But what you can see is what that which is unseen is actually expressing as itself. So the sun now becomes a proactive element in melanin to activate melanin and give melanin instructions. Because light is a form of communication from the mind of the creator. So in so doing, the sun is actually giving us information each time we are out in it. And then when we get in at night, we shut down all light. We have no lights in our bedrooms. We have no electricity. And that's when we recharge the, the, the pineal gland between 11 o'clock and 4 a.m. in the morning because your liver is also cleansing at that time too. So you're purifying and holding up blood. And then there's certain other energies working up the spine in order to open up your kundalini and recharge your pineal and give you more downloads. See, the pineal and the darkness get downloads from the cosmic. We call the um, light code transmissions. 
And so the sun in the daytime gives you information to store in your memory. At nighttime, that's when the revelation happens. Because essentially, light is an illusion. What we call light is an illusion. Because everything, if you take the light away, you begin to see what's really out there. See, white light, what we call the seven spectrum, the seven light spectrum, the seven spectrum light is an illusion. Those seven, those seven colors are what are, are essentially the jail cell. That's what those are the bars in our perceptual prison. We don't see beyond white light. You know, absolute darkness is darkness, but absolute light is also darkness. You can't see in there too. I've heard you say something about the process of negation of the creator. And I definitely would like for you to mention that um, what is um, uh, uh, the creator, creator and negation and uh, where do uh, black people um, stand in relation to that? Well, the creator can never create outside of itself. That would constitute a positive creation. That would mean that the creator is not what it is it says it is. It is a creator, but not the creator. So the, that which we know as the central point, what we call the source, all sources that can never create outside of itself so therefore all forms of creation is negation so negation is a putting away of one's self from a space within oneself so that an environment is created for a kind of analysis of self you see, where you are and where you aren't. And dichotomies are created. This, that, here, there. Now, then. So, dimensions are created by negation. And in negation, you begin to positively see. In other words, you can't see within all the all. The all in all cannot know itself, because it's just the all in all. But when the all in all becomes I am that I am, from I am that I am, it must become I am that will be in order to know itself. And to do that, it has to negate from itself. And then in that negation, within that negation, then the opposite has to be shown, which then from negation is always a positive. So every positive has a negative, every negative has a positive. So in the negation of the creator, the creation, or that which we call the negator, the creation. The negation now created a positive look, a positive ability to see. So negation though, so just so people may be, who may be confused, is when the creator takes from themselves to make something else. Takes from itself it's, to see what's there. It doesn't make anything outside of itself. It reveals what's within itself. Because remember, the creator is unknowable. The only way you can know the creator is through the unknown. And the way to know the unknown is to negate from the known. <laughs> That's the thing about Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. Is there such a thing as Saturn worship? And is it related to Satan worship? Indeed, it's called the free religion. Catholicism, Christianity, um, Islam, and Judaism. All of that is Satan or Saturn worship. Most of it came um, based upon uh, the predictions of Saturn. All the symbols of Saturn, the ancient astrological symbols of Saturn, uh, became the sigils of Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. 
Because if you look at the symbol of Saturn, you will see the crescent of the of the of the flag, yeah. the cross of um, the cross of uh, Christianity, and the five, the six pointed star they call the Star of David, which is the Megan David. All of them are symbols of Saturn. And the hat that you see them wear, that 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 round hat that you see with Catholic priests and the Jesuits wear, that's a symbol of Saturn too. So is this supposed to be like a, supposed to represent some type of demonic force, or is that is that Yaldabaoth of the Nag Hammadi, or does that, is that represent? I guess. Well, the Nag Hammadi actually began explaining uh, those entities that came from these other planets, and that these entities were essentially parasitic in nature. They called them the Dark Brothers. Uh, this was actually spoken about in the Book of Jehudi. Um, what we call the Smaragdine tablets, which they call general tablets. Right. But um, the those that we were speaking about, those were the origins of the vampires and all of them came from. Um, there's no real demonic worshipping. Uh, demons, we do have evil. We do have people who play the other side of the fence. Uh, which is the necessary counterbalance to what we call all good, because all good is just static. Uh, when you when you throw some, throw a little bit of mix in there, it gets the good to see how what potential good they really have. You see what I'm saying? So there's always this this battle between that, which is all right. I mean, depending on what side you come down on, you just play the game, because that's all it is. And uh, there are people who have been playing this game, or entities who have been playing this game for a very long time. So. Each planet, as we see it, has a programmable uh, duty that we as living entities uh, actually share in uh, those duties. And we either share in the bounty of it or we share in the tragedies that come based upon its own, the, the planet's own evolutionary cycle. So, we see that the planet has its own evolutionary cycle. We see that it has its own intelligence. Well, Saturn has its own intelligence and gives off its own energy. And if you look at the North Pole of Saturn, you will see a six-point, um, we call it hexagram, right there in that swirl. So you know that if there is an hexagramic energy there that is giving off a specific energy. And that energy is representative of the number six which essentially has to do with family, which has to do um, with um, the, the physicality of things. And all of the planets that have rings around them, uh, any planet that has rings around them definitely know, know that there's life there. Uh, the life may not live directly on the planet, but um, there are entities that live within the rings of the planet that use the rings first create the rings and then use the rings as a fuel source to feed on. And now you see that there is, uh, where they never had rings around Uranus before, now you're seeing rings coming down around Uranus. Yeah, well, there are many different um, ideas around what they were, what they were made for. Uh, some say they were made for tombs. Um, others say they were actually made as capacitors. And it, that seems to be a very good logical uh, logical explanation for what the pyramids were. Uh, I say they were created, if you notice, that they were actually positioned along ley lines or grid lines uh, 
that the building of these pyramids were actually there in order to stabilize the wobble of the planet after it was either hit or there was a great war uh, that destabilized its magnetic fields and um, caused the, uh, the hydrogen envelope that once was part of the atmospheric threshold of the Earth to fall. And when the hydrogen envelope uh, was stabilized, it fell to Earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And of course, that comes out in the Bible as the so-called uh, flood of Noah's Ark. I was going to say, when you talk about the Great War, you're talking about before dynastic ancient Egypt. Before then. Yeah, before dynastic ancient Egypt. In fact, ancient Kemet, as we see it now, was actually peopled by those who survived it. And a lot of the so-called Iliad and the Necheru and these Nephilim, that they call them now, uh, actually housed because uh, they're the ones who created this that atomic war. And they housed the survivors in these places, these little um, dens, or dens. And these dens were these uh, dome-like dens that became the mounds of the mound builders. The mound builders built in, in conjunction with that um, as a result of um, mimicking what the great gods did at that time to save uh, the human race at that time in these dens. And these dens became the Edens, or Eden, where man was then nurtured, supposedly back uh, from the extinction based upon the war in heaven, what they call the wars in heaven. But that's another story I don't want to get too deeply involved in. Do you know anything about um, the supposedly mummies found in the... Mummies found in um, um, the Grand Canyon? Yeah, knew about that for a while. Since the early 90s, uh, they've been keeping that shut down. The uh, Smithsonian Institute had put a ban, uh, had gone to Congress to solicit uh, legislation to ban anyone from going to certain areas, I believe in the northeast corners, where they found um, a portal, not only a room like a portal, but they found um, actual statues uh, of Asia Kemet and um, different burial uh, coffins and all the things that happened in ancient Kemet they found uh, there in, in the Americas as well. And of course there's a brother by the name of Horace Butler, um, who, uh, a friend of mine who wrote a book called When Rocks Cry Out, been trying to say that, uh, you know, over here, uh, was just as important as over in Africa or in the East. Yeah. So based upon history and the study of our elders and what you know, that the, the, the original people in the Americas were black people? Uh, indeed. The original peoples in the Americas, in fact, around the planet, were of the richly melanated hue. Uh, what I call uh, prismatic melanin. Uh, in my book, Melanalysis, I speak of prismatic melanin. What is prismatic melanin? Well, prismatic melanin is the melanin that essentially glowed in different colors and hues. That's what made it a hue man. Uh, prismatic melanin would show the emotions of the people depending on where they were meditating or where their anger was or where their love was. And um, uh, spiritual energies would then cause the black skin to glow in dark purples and in, you know, in, in 
lavender and so forth. And, you know, energies having to do with thinking and so forth, you get uh, a kind of an orange and yellow glow that's a kind of intellect. And then, of course, with love and the heart would be more green, more empathy, with a little bit of red and so forth. But you can see that we didn't have a prismatic melanin because you could look at the skin of uh, brothers, the, especially the black Senegalese who come from uh, Senegal. They're not brown, they're coal black. And uh, once they're in the sun for a while, uh, you'll notice that when there's a film of, of sweat, that even, even when they're not sweating, I saw in the subway in New York, when a beautiful black sister was sitting across from me, and her temples, she was so black, her temples had an iridescent greenish um, blue on it. So that's why, I, that's why I call it, in my book, Melanalysis, Prismatic Melanin. Because it gives you the colors of the prison. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I heard on a DVD recently about um, you make mention of um, the Bible being a book of astrophysics more than maybe what it's originally translated as, or the uh, activity of, um, I guess, of, of, of sun or, or stellar bodies. is. Um, can you briefly break that down? The main thing is that the Bible was not just a book of, of astrophysics. Um, it was. It became. It's a book of astro theology. What do I mean by that? Well, theology again, of course, theo meaning God, the study of God. Well, the study of God in the skies, essentially, is where the study of God became an anthropomorphized um, myth that became religion. So science was turned into religion in order to consolidate the um, the obedience of the masses. Uh, around fear and authority. The priests are the one who created religion out of the astrotheological sciences. Um, the sun itself and its passage, uh, now we found out that we're being dragged behind the sun, which is a whole other understanding of what, what, what's going on, uh, that the sun isn't a fixture, that if it is uh, a fixture, then it's actually a whole. It's a moving um, black hole, uh, one that does, uh, one that has a specific energy around it that can be used as a portal to go from one position to the next, uh, one place in the universe to the next. Um, the other thing is that uh, the planets around it and the behavior of the planets. And remember I said that each planet is actually a personality that radiates its personality to you and then causes you to react to that personality in accordance with your own personal reality as well. Well, just know that our ancestors knew that there was something called the possession of the equinox. We should tell you how stupid it is to believe the Bible when the Bible says that we're only 6,000 years old. Because if, if you were to know or to come into the realization that we have a cycle called the procession of the equinoxes that took 25,295 years, 169 years, 
or thereabouts. If you know that, it means that you must have gone through at least one or two of those cycles. Or three of those cycles to know that this was a, a, a fixed pattern that you could actually say happens every 25,000 years. But, of course, that never entered the minds of the people who are now believing rituals, because in the Bible it tells you that they talk about astrotheology, they talk about Arcturus, they talk about the Pleiades, they talk all about that. In the Bible, it tells you that it's the book of theology, I mean astrotheology. So, what they did was, they anthropomorphized what the planets did. They turned the planets into men. They turned the force that the planet um, gave off into what that man or that particular character did. So all the people that existed, even though they were sick enough to incorporate the lives of real living human beings, they incorporated it and mixed it into the legends and myths around them creating gods out of the planets and the movement of the stars. So when you're looking at Thor and you're looking at, you know, Hercules and you're looking at all these, you're looking at an astrotheological mishmash of our ancestors' astrotheological sciences being anthropomorphized for the people who are less really clueless as to what it is the higher sciences really are all about. So what they're watching is smarter, smart people who have very, very low intentions and very low morals and scruples and ethics, playing out stories to make you believe that these people really existed when they were only about forces. Uh, what is Operation Mindfuck? <laughs> Operation Mindfuck is exactly what we are all stuck in right now. Operation Mindfuck is everything happening in education, everything happening in entertainment, happening in politics, all of these different sectors towards human mind control. So when you look at Operation Mindfuck, you can't just look at something that you're trying to find as an isolated incident or an isolated causal principle. You have to look at the fact that they created a mosaic of ways to attack you. Just like they have a, a, a army, a navy, an air force, and so forth, well they have different ways to enter into your mind to support the mind for itself. So he can't come at you with one. This came at you with education, and he didn't come at you with all the other ways. And you know that education was the one that stuck out, but education is not doing nothing more other than indemnifying uh, politics and indemnifying religion and indemnifying everything, entertainment, and they all come together and they link. Then of course everybody's normalized within the mind fuck, you see. So when you're looking at everything that's going wrong on the planet and you see the people that's actually exercising that and promoting it, when you look at your Jay-Z's and these other idiots and Pittsburgh and the rest of them, when you look at the see the way that they structured themselves and then they give you the normal part of them, let's just go and visit, let's go visit Dr. Dre in his house and see how well he, he's such a father. No, what is he doing to forward the kind of uh, not only idiocy, but the kind of self-destructive behavior and mentality that causes us to, to, 
to remain disenfranchised of the people. How is it that that is not, uh, that, that hip hop is now being used to separate the young from the old? So that the young, who's supposed to take guidance from the old on how to fight a revolution so we can evolve as a people, we estrange them from each other so that the young are made to believe they're smarter than the older. Why? Because now the young have the ability to go up on the internet and get any kind of information they want. They don't even need a parent anymore. That's what that secret about with the internet and YouTube and all that's about. It's to estrange you so you don't need your parents anymore. You don't need that kind of nurturing anymore. You got electronic nurturing, you got electronic parents, you got electronic teachers. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So that's my operation, mind fuck. All right, sir. I definitely glad that you could uh, take some time out and um, give a little message that uh, we're gonna give off to our listeners. And uh, definitely, um, do you, is there any way, uh, briefly, you could tell people how they can get in contact with you? Uh, um, or, you know? By all means, uh, yes, yes, sir. I appreciate that. Um, just can call us if you want to deal with vaccination exemptions. If you want to deal with joining, coming in on the link session of our university. Or if you want to deal with any kind of natural healing uh, consultations, uh, if you want to deal with our product, which is Juice Plus, so if you want to know more about um, essential oils and their therapeutic abilities and, and the values, just give us a call at 800-847-1291. Again, 800-847-1291.
birds singing in the dead of night Take this broken wing to learn to fly For this moment to arrive Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see For this moment to be free Join us next time. Good night.